Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Barbara P and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, October 18th and we're reading from the big book. We're on paragraph, page 159, paragraph 2, all this time our friend and ending with thus relieving much wrong and suffering. We'll read one paragraph only. Today's readers are Vanessa G, Judith SP, and Chris G on the readings. On the 12 steps, we'll have Penny C, the 12 traditions, Sonia S. Our newcomer greeter will be Anne Marie M, our host of the second hour, Ramona A, and our announcements will be Kathy S. The reference numbers for yesterday, 7 a.m. meeting Eastern is 20,700. 49 and the 10 a.m. Eastern will be 20750. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a, fellow, a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'll now ask Penny C. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. 
having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Great. Thanks so much, Penny C. And I'll now ask Sonia S. to read our 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Sonia S., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater from Pennsylvania. Tradition 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks. Great. Thanks so much, Sonia S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no uh, abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we're going to resume our big book study on page 159, the second paragraph, beginning all this time, our friend, and ending thus relieving much wrong and suffering, one paragraph only. So uh, Vanessa G., would you get us started? I will. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. This is Vanessa G. Recovered in New Mexico. All this time, our friend of the hotel lobby incident remained in that town. He was there three months. He now returned home, leaving behind his first acquaintance, 
and also the lawyer and the devil-may-care chap. These men had found something brand new in life. Though they knew they must help other alcoholics if they would remain so sober, that motive became secondary. It was transcended by the happiness they found in giving themselves for others. They shared their homes, their slender resources, and gladly devoted their spare hours to fellow sufferers. They were willing, by day and night, to place a new man in the hospital and visit him afterwards. They grew in numbers. They experienced a few distressing failures, but in those cases, they made an effort to bring the man's family into a spiritual way of living, thus relieving much worry and suffering. So um, I've underlined in this paragraph that um, found something brand new, the happiness they found in giving themselves for others. They shared, they were willing, and they grew in numbers. Um, To me, there's just nothing, nothing in life that has brought me the satisfaction and the joy of living um, more than being a full participant in this um, beautiful miracle that is our fellowship. Um, I, I, you know, and I, I just, besides sponsoring and besides um, accepting help from other alcoholics, um, I've also, um, with a couple of other local fellows, um, started a speakers meeting, and um, it was started with the the sole purpose of um, spreading the big book message of recovery um, that we had found on a vision for you. I started with talking to a friend here um, that had followed me into vision, and then serendipitously, or God, by God's grace, we received an email from someone who had another fellow who had just moved to New Mexico and wanted to connect, and the three of us banded together and um, started a Wednesday night speaker meeting. And then we turned to all of you for help, all of you on this line. And it didn't matter whether we asked a seasoned convention speaker or whether we asked somebody who was you know, fairly new to having been recovered. Everyone gladly and graciously and generously um, agreed to come and speak and share their miracle their story of recovery. And um, it has been going on now for a little over a year. And for our one-year anniversary, we had almost 100 people on the line. It's amazing. And not only is it amazing, it has brought me so much um, privilege and um, um, joy to witness every week someone's miracle and to watch them also share it in service to their fellow sufferers. Um, It's it's miraculous. Um, It's miracles just over and over and over again um, that I get to participate in, that I get to see, that I get to absorb and pass on. And I really appreciate all of you on the line, and um, the gift that is a vision for you. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Vanessa G. from New Mexico. Appreciate you starting us off. So we will now have sharing. 
Um, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. I'll go ahead and take a list of names and um, well, let's let's go ahead and get started on three minute shares. Tina S. Tina. Linda D. I'm sorry, who's that? Okay, Linda got you. Who was that second person, though? Missed somebody in there. Tina S. Alex B. Alex B. Camera C. Jen A. Jen. Great. Anybody else for that first group? All right, let me tell you who I have. Tina S., Alex B., Linda D., Tamara C., and Jen A. Did I miss anybody? All righty, Tina S., go right ahead and kick us off. You'll be followed by Alex B. Thanks so much for your service, Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow. You know, what a great paragraph and a great lead. You know, I, I so totally relate to today, the joy and the happiness of um, helping others, you know, but, you know, I have to just be honest. When I first got here and they said that, you know, in order to stay sober, we have to give this thing away. I really wasn't, nah, not so much on board. Um, but over time, one day at a time, over over the years that I've been um, recovered, you know, it is, it is such a joy, you know, and where would I be today if it weren't for the people that carried the message to me? You know, um, I don't even know if I'd be alive. Hopefully it wouldn't be because when I got, when I got here, I was just, you know, I didn't want to live any longer anyway, you know. And so the good news today is that, you know, we keep this thing going. You know, we keep giving it away. And in secondary, I love that it says in secondary, you know, we get to remain sober, abstinent, you know, and for me sane, you know. And, and, I, and I can't forget that stuff. You know, I can't forget that. I just was, you know, texting a sponsee this morning, you know, and I, you know, and I get, when I wake up in the morning, I have all these um, texts that I'm te- people are texting me, you know, um, the food plans for the day. You know, I have all these emails that I read in the morning. There are 11 steps at night and it's just a joy, you know, and I think, what would I do otherwise? What would I do otherwise? I would not have the life that I have today. You know? And for me, you know, I have to continue to do this deal. I always say this because it's just the truth. I'm a person of more, and I want more of what I get when I continue to, to stay sober and abstinent, you know, and to, to live this life of freedom, to be happy, joyous, and free. You know, you know, page 131 or 133, I forget which one. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free, and this is how I do it. And who would have thought? Because I didn't think that, you know, helping somebody else was going to give me this, this freedom and this joy and this happiness. But it is exactly what it is. And I am so grateful. And thank you so much for your service. And with that, I'm really looking forward to everybody else's share. So thanks. Uh, thanks, Tina S. from Florida. And Alex B., you are up, followed by Linda D. And please, when you, when you guys step up, just give us our, your state as well so people can find you on the members list. Great. Hi, this is Alec, A-L-E-C-B, from Missouri, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And I'm I'm just so glad that we are um, in this section, because where I am in the steps now, I'm right about, almost right there to begin sponsoring to step 12. And uh, it feels, I've been here before, you know, working the steps with other sponsors, other programs, but this time I really feel a difference because I just so want to share it. <laughs> I've been in a place of, of 
uh, deeper neutrality, of deeper freedom, of deeper energy. And I really want uh, to, 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 to help accompany others and to walk with them uh, in this program and in this book and with God uh, to a place of freedom. And, and, um, and it feels humbling. It feels very humbling because I, I can't even imagine that I'd get here. Every other time I was sort of so afraid of it that I would pick up again, you know, that there was a part of me that didn't want to give myself over to this, didn't want to be generous, didn't want to be open. And, and now things just really do feel different for me. You know, last night in an in-person meeting, there was a newcomer. And in my own, I just felt such a, you know, and then I stayed afterwards for the um, uh, group conscience and then just to meet her. And, and th- there's just this deeper desire, right, to give that, that this program, what it's meant for me, far more than just abstinence, far more than just not, you know, c- compulsively eating or restricting. Um, it, it has meant turning me out of myself, right? I, I, I can be so curved into myself, so closed and afraid or resentful or angry or whatever. And this room opens me up and stretches out my arms and says, all right, God, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? Even this morning, I just woke up naturally quite early, very early. And, you know, I just said, okay, God, do you want me to get up or do you want me to go back to bed? And like, that's not normally the first thing that comes to my mind. And I felt, okay, get up. And I went up and I read and I prayed and I had a really beautiful few hours of prayer and journaling before even this meeting. And so even those small things, I mean, to me, that's almost the biggest thing, right? My posture can be every day I wake up and throughout the day I say, Lord, what do you have for me? Who's the next person I can help guide me? If that could be my posture where I'm open to God, I'm receptive to God, I let God lead me, then yeah, I can definitely, with God's help, do step 12 because it's not going to be my efforts sponsoring, it's not going to be my efforts helping, it's going to be God using me. And I can only do that if I stay in fit spiritual condition. And so please uh, pray for me. Uh, reach out. Um, I'm really glad to be here. Uh, and I'm moving to that place again of, of <laughs> after a year of feeling humiliated to be here, now moving towards feeling grateful to be here, seeing that this too is part of my vocation. For this too, I was made. All right. So thank you. With that, I pass. Well, thank you, Alec B. from Missouri. Linda D., you are up, followed by Tamara C., Good morning, Barb. Good morning, everybody. My name is Linda D. I'm so relieved and grateful, so grateful to be here with you. I, it's a stunning paragraph. It's, it just knocks me on my butt because I have God in my life. And I was an atheist. Boy, I, I was way out lost, very lost, but my soul was guiding me. I didn't even know I had one. I mean, I can read that in a book, but it's entirely different to find this something brand new and to be made brand new by God. And um, I rely on God all the time now, moment by moment. Just the way uh, the person before me described, what do you want me to do next? What do you want me to do next? And I think it's important that since I'm living it, I, I'm filled with love. Filled with it. Do I have to just sort of dial it up sometime? Of course I do. Uh, I, I don't feel quite well. 
and uh, I have pain, and uh, I can get crabby. No. I have to go in the kitchen. It's about 12 feet from where I am. Uh, you know, that's a war zone. If I don't surrender, stop being self-destructive with food, give it up, and let this amazing program, this book, all of you, it's a it's a package deal. Let you help me save my life. My life is saved every day, moment by moment. And my suffering, that deep, lost feeling, it's relieved. This program is a miracle. I'm so grateful to be here and to be with you and to learn and hopefully help someone. I hope I do. I want to. I love you. Thank you. I meant that. I pass. Ah, thank you, Linda D. Tamara C., you are up next, followed by Jen A. Good morning, everyone. This is Tamara C., recovered in Missouri, in um, the Ozarks of southwest Missouri. Um, I, I like to think about this part where, you know, our friend uh, remained in that town um, three months So To think of, imagine Bill and how how this experience must have felt for him after he had tried for months and was um, not able to find anyone who wanted this spiritual solution to get freedom from alcohol. And now, now there's this little handful and um, just imagining how, how exciting that must have been for him and, and how much it strengthened him. Um, It helped me when I, um, First, you know, when I came to Vision and I announced myself as a newcomer to uh, immerse myself in the fellowship, I got calls from people and I kept their names and numbers and and um, would continue to reach out to them. And I would hear shares that um, spoke to me. So I'd look up their names and numbers on the member list. And um, when people would announce themselves as available sponsors, then I knew they were recovered. So I reached out to them. And then later, you know, through trains and outreach groups, I was able to build up this fellowship around me. And it, it felt so, um, so supportive. And um, this is key for me because my disease tells me to go it alone. And that, that going it alone makes me somehow stronger and more respectable and more worthy. Um, but calling recovered fellows to share where I'm at and to ask for help, um, it levels my pride in a way that just feels so good. I feel better about myself to know that I get to be equal enough to ask for help and I get to be authentic and still be loved and accepted. And then uh, when Bill left and they kept going, helping others the way they were helped, um, it just is also key for me to um, work with others. I, I got to work with a sponsee last night and another one this morning and it just gave, gave me relief. I had kind of a lot of spinning of old ideas like I need to win approval or um, be in control of things and I just get to be reminded of truths and the spiritual solution and connection to God and I get this feeling of usefulness so I, I believe that God uses connection to keep me in the steps and free of the compulsion to turn to food for ease and comfort and also sharing on vision gives me that sense of being connected and I realize well, I haven't shared in a while and I, I wanted to participate in my recovery so thank you everyone I passed 
Oh, thanks again, Tamara C. from Missouri. So, Jen A., you're going to be up next. And I just want to repeat where we're at for those who just joined us. Page 159, second paragraph. All this time, our friend. And that's in our big book. So, Jen A., and then we'll be taking another list of names. Well, good morning. Thanks so much for taking the meeting today. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by God's grace and mercy here in Littleton, Colorado. Um, We just keep reading more about what the vision is for all of us. Um, You don't have to live a hopeless life um, drowning um, in the food. Thank you, God, for Overeaters Anonymous. Thank you for a vision for you in this awesome meeting of a big book study. Um, You know, today, uh, as a recovered compulsive overeater, um, I don't have a motive anymore. (laughs) I think it's really neat how it says that motive became secondary. Like, it's, I do this for fun and for free. There's no expectation in return. And I love what was shared um, just with everybody so far on the line this morning. And the gal who kicked it off, you know, talking about going to meetings and sharing. And yesterday I'm moderating on this line. And then yesterday night, you know, from 4 in the morning till 6 at night, then at 6 at night I'm, I'm you know, sharing my experience, strength, and hope on one of those meetings um, just to be of helpfulness to those about me. I don't know if it's going to help, you know, 77 people on a Zoom meeting or not. I don't know if it's going to help 400 people on a line. God does, and God's using me. And I love the key words in here, you know. I'm sharing things with people. I'm devoted to doing this this work and living this way of life. And I'm willing, you know, day or night to to do it. Why? Because it brings me joy. I actually have a purpose. I live a purpose-driven and purposeful life today. I never knew that addiction to eating, exercising, pills and potions would give me, you know, just just such a joy to share it with others. And when I do it, guess what happens? My family's like, oh, I don't know. My, You know, they just look at me and they go, oh, you know, how's your meeting or how was blah, 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 how was the retreat or wherever you went? And I'm like, it's great. And they just see a difference in me. You know, I come back all lit up because serving others is the key to living life. So, you know, I work the steps, um, I live the steps, and then I got to live life. And you know what it does? It says, just like it does this last line, it relieves much worry and suffering. And that's what we're guaranteed in step two, peace and serenity. Isn't it great? If you're not experiencing it today, call somebody on this line, take a name and number, Make an outreach call. You got nothing to lose. I'll never forget the first time I picked up a phone in the back alleyway. I called a man. I asked him to sponsor me. And seven years later, that man is still my sponsor. And you know what? He's been sober for 18 years. I've been sober for six. It's a miracle. It really is. But you have to work it and you have to do a little bit of work. No motive behind anything, just for fun and for free. And with that, I'll pass. Well, thanks, Jen A., and thanks, everybody, so far. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares. This is for everybody coming up to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So who else would like to share? Press star one if you do. Chris G. in Tennessee. Okay, Chris G. heard you, and was it Lisa S.H.? Susan S.H. Susan S.H. Got it. Sorry. So in that, was that Christina? Did you get me? Yeah. Got you, Christina J. 
Freya H R P. Freya, did I hear you, Reva? Yeah, Reva P. Freya yep. H. Crystal uh-huh. R. Diane. Crystal R. And I'm sorry, who is that last one? And Ann from Georgia. Ann. Okay, I'm going to stop here for a sec, and then we'll see if we can fit more. I've got, I think we may, but Susan S. H., Chris G., Christina J., Freya H., Reva P., Crystal R., and Ann from Georgia. So let's start with that list, and then we'll see where we're at. Uh, Susan S. H., kick it right off. Good morning. This is Susan S. H. in Ohio. I'm a recovered compulsive over ear. I'm grateful to be here. This paragraph is huge. <laughs> it is huge. And it, uh, yeah, I was looking over my shoulder when I read it. Do I measure up to this? Do I measure up? Being away for three months and 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 pooling our money to, my goodness, do I measure up? And the fact is, what is in front of me to do is what is in front of me to do. Um, I am so grateful that they gave so much to this program and the steps to my directions that I need every day. And I, I follow those directions to the best of my ability. I am human. And I was feeling some overwhelm at all that I'm doing <laughs> last evening. And I was just spinning in that for a while. I I had to stop and admit that to my higher power. Take a little time and a little solitary moment to take it to my higher power and admit it and ask for help. And I've been given that help. Um, I can do what I'm given to do. I'm not given more than I I can. Um, I'm so grateful. To have a heart that wants to give now, I, it, it's, it's a change in me that, that I can see. <clears throat> I can't necessarily tell if anyone else can see it or not, but, you know, that does not matter. I can be giving and loving more so than I ever had in me. It has to come from somewhere much higher than me, and that's where I have to turn in everything. So, um, yeah, they gave a lot. And I'm so glad they did. They were distressed by their failures too. Hmm. Human, I guess. <laughs> just like me. Yeah. I, I'm just so grateful for this long paragraph, for my initial reaction, and for the realization. I'm given what I can do. And I can do it. And I'm grateful to have a higher power to turn to for the strength to do these things and the directions in the steps back to that higher power every day. And that's all I have to talk about. I pass. Thanks. Susan S.H. from Ohio and Christy from Tennessee. You are up. You'll be followed by Christina J., I believe, from North Carolina. Christy. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for your uh, uh, service and, and thank everybody for sharing. So this is a wonderful paragraph to talk about, but I wanted to look at they shared their homes, their slender resources, and gladly devoted their spare hours to fellow sufferers. And, and this, uh, 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 even if, 
if uh, there was a distressing failure, the man's family could still be relieved of worry and suffering by by living a spiritual way of living, a new spiritual way of living. So um, um, I think about Bill going back to New York being such a lot farther away than it is now uh, without the uh, cell phones and, and all the uh, texting that we do, and, and of course, without the Zoom. So, uh, so it's a lot farther away, you know. It was, it was far. It, like it took more time to get there and money and, and effort, and and yet they wanted to go back and forth because they did want to be together, uh, and and certainly got excited when they had their convention. But um, so, uh, yeah, um, my my experience with sharing uh, my uh, splendor resources, uh, I don't have to have a lot to be generous, and and I always thought I didn't have enough. To be generous, and and I had this fear of people. I didn't realize that I had a fear of people. I knew about the economic insecurity, but the fear of people until it was lifted, and I, and I saw the the fallacy in my thinking of of uh, not having enough that I do have enough. Uh, that and and so recently I offered to take a, a couple who doesn't have a car to the grocery store. And they were all excited, but they didn't take me up on it. And I was confused. And, and I was confused that they didn't take me up on it. But just the idea that I am available, whether they take me up on it or not. And, and, and I was, you know, worried about putting myself out and, and they haven't taken me up on it. So I don't know what's in God's, you know, plans. I, 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 don't, uh, I don't have to be worried about it but uh, I do have to be generous. And so I'm going to listen to other people and see what they have to say. Thank you. Well, thanks, Chris G. from Tennessee. Christina J., you're up, followed by Freya. Freya H. I think we all have the greatest gift in the world inside of us. And this program allows us to add to it. We each have this incredible higher power within us. We are filled with something that is so huge. And I have in the Christine, I'm so sorry, but you're breaking up a little bit. It's better. It's better? Uh, let's let's see, try it. Yeah, I think that's going to be. Okay. So I have been in the pressure cooker of life for about four months. And it's just getting worse. It doesn't seem to be getting better. And this morning in two-way prayer, I found the reason for the pressure cooker. And as all we know, we all know, all this stuff brings us to higher power. And I have been using higher power piecemeal. Piecemeal. But today I got the message, you walk in me. You talk through me. You listen through me. You see through me. You live through me. You work for me. You do service for me. You share your soul. You don't pander to anyone. You don't take abuse. You come to me. And in that, I can be of service. Because if I'm not in that place, I can easily, because somebody talked about the war, the war zone in the kitchen. I've got a war zone in my head. You know, the war zone in the kitchen is quiet, but I got a war zone in my head going on. And the only place I can go for relief is to that higher power within me. And I can't be a full service. I'm not sponsoring right now. I'm in my fourth step. 
I can't be of full service to anyone if I'm in the war zone of my head in self-pity and fear and dishonesty. And he's, God has given me this incredible chance to look at my deepest wound and turn that son of a bitch around and use it for his glory. And so being of service to others, today I get to go be of service to people in my office. I reach out to fellows, yes, I do those things, but I have to be of service every day to people around me, to walk as God would have me walk, to be as how he would, to be an example of love, kindness, mercy, patience, boundaries. This is what I'm learning today, and it's painful. You know, I am wrapped tight in my gut. The only place I have to go to relief is God, and he just blesses me with the truth of the situation when I crawl to him. So, um... I really wanted to speak about that because I know we do service and we have to. This is, I don't, I'm not interested in anything like Everything is becoming very uh, dull to me except being of service and walking as God would have me walk. Because it's pretty damn painful to walk in my selfishness and self-pity and fear. So thank you for being there for me today. And your shares have helped me so much. I hear so much I could just speak a whole hour on from each of you. I'll pass. Thanks, Christina J. from North Carolina. And just a reminder, we're on page 159, second paragraph, beginning with all this time, our friend. And Freya H., you're up. You'll be followed by Reva P. Thank you. Good morning. This is Freya H. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater, bulimic restrictor, and I live in Colorado. Thanks, everybody, for the shares. The line I wanted to share on is that they though they knew they must help others if they would remain sober that motive became secondary it was transcended by the happiness they found in giving themselves for others and i feel like that applies to so much of what i have so many of my program practices you know first i did it first i came to meetings because i didn't want to you know keep using food to hurt myself and um you know the same thing with getting a sponsor, um, getting a food plan, you know, weighing and measuring my food, all that, you know, grocery shopping and vegetable shopping and, you know, all the meal prep stuff. I, I did it cause I had to. And, and then, you know, doing the step work, I did it cause I had to, I knew that, that this was, you know, what people told me was going to keep me sane and recovered. So I was just willing to take those directions. And then finally I got to, to step 12, which, for a lot of people is pretty terrifying. I was like, well, how am I going to carry this message? And for, for, you know, many years, I'm sad to say, I, I tried to just kind of wing it. Like I really didn't understand that I was um, relying on God's power when it came to working with others. But thankfully I kept coming back and, and I had this light bulb moment of like, oh, this is why I need the 12th step because this is what's going to keep me out of myself. And it is, so true. So I started doing all that stuff because I had to, and I have come to, um, I've come to love it, you know, all of it, you know, like, like, like I don't even, it is a lot of work to, you know, do all that food prep and stuff. But today it's just part of my routine. I don't even think about it. And it's really important. Um, it was really important for me to just go ahead and, you know, do what I was told because coming from where I was, I could not conceive of the fact that I would enjoy doing this stuff and that it would actually be 
more fulfilling to focus on how I can serve instead of, well, how can I just get everything I want out of life? Isn't that going to be the recipe for happiness? And, and only through my own experience did I learn that, oh, getting everything I want doesn't actually equal happiness. So, um, so there's a, a lot of hope there that we, we are not consigned to this life of, I have to go to these meetings, I can't eat these foods, and, you know, like, I have to keep doing this. It's like, I get to keep doing this. It is such a gift. And if you're not there yet, just keep doing it and trust, you know, just ask God to show you. And yesterday I had, you know, my, <clears throat> in my prayer time, I was just asking God, how, how do you want me to be of service? And I had all these, my ideas are things like, oh, maybe I should, you know, start a meeting, you know, do something big, do something drastic. And, and at the time. end of the day, I realized, um, thanks, I'll just wrap my sentence. I realized that God used me for service by just, I, you know, receiving three different phone calls of people wanting to work different parts of the step process. And that is such a gift. And I'll pass. Thanks. Well, thanks, Freya H. from Colorado. Reva P., you'll be followed by Crystal, Crystal R. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, what strikes me as I um, look at this whole paragraph is, you know, these guys didn't um, get recovered and just go home. Like, hey, I got my act together. I'm so happy. The, you know, the alcohol's down, food's down. I can just go home and carry on with my life. Um, so, you know, Bill stays there an extra three months. An extra three months. Um, and in this business of finding something brand new, like, yes, we hear in step 12, but we now know a step 12 that I need to give this away in order to keep it and sponsor and carry the message. So I must help others, but transcended this higher purpose, a higher joy, a higher joy in giving myself, like, really, this is one of those paradoxes in the program. Um, because truly it was about getting what I needed, getting myself together so I could carry on with what I thought, you know, I was going to do in my life. But it's so the opposite, giving myself. And I think God has each one of us has like a unique, um, like almost curriculum with our skills and abilities. You know, some people are great at um, chairing. Some people are great at, you know, making the coffee or putting out the chair, whatever. Everybody has like a unique um, skill to be used. And it's all about this action, action, action. They're giving, they're going, they're willing, um, they're, you know, day, night, whatever. Um, so it's just reminding me that the higher joy is um, as opposed to focusing on what can I get or what I need, what am I needed for? And how does God want to use me? How is God using um, my experience. And it can be as simple as, you know, somebody sharing their unique experience, and I happen to be going through exactly the same thing. The joy in giving, um, and for me also receiving is just, it's unexplainable until it's experienced. It's like experience recovery, I can't explain it to somebody until they actually experience it. And it's all talking about this giving and spiritual way of living. There's no word about they were sober. Um, so there's such a higher purpose that I never imagined um, and I never knew what it'd be like but it, it really is that paradox that the more I give away um, the fuller the fuller I feel and with that I pass 
Well, thanks so much, Reva P. in Toronto, Canada. Crystal R., you are up, and uh, you'll be followed by Anne in Georgia. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal R., recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. I wanted to share this morning because um, earlier this year in July, I got married, and about a year before that, so in 2022, I registered or I signed up to uh, lead an OA retreat in June, so basically three weeks before the wedding, and that seemed like a great idea at the time until we actually got to three weeks before the wedding, and in between, you know, place settings and favors and DJ and all that kind of stuff. It's like, geez, I don't have the time to sit down and write 10 talks on the different steps or drive five hours to Ottawa where the retreat is being held or spend a whole weekend away from all the wedding planning. And it was really hard. I I did not want to do it. And the only reason I drove all the way to Ottawa was because honestly, I just, I knew, I knew in my gut, like I have to do this. Um, and because I didn't want to relapse, like I, I knew this was insurance to protect my recovery. But once I actually got there and I was in a room with 25 other compulsive overeaters um, for whom like my worst experiences could actually be a great help, I forgot everything about the wedding. I was just, it was just the most amazing experience. For those three days, I got to just throw myself into being as helpful as I could be, sharing all, any experience that was helpful in between talks, talking to people, you know, working one-on-one with people uh, who are coming back from relapse or who are newcomers to the program or answering questions or just using every five minutes I had to speak to people. And when I came back on the way back from Ottawa, I was just a totally different person. Like I just, uh, I spoke with my sponsor the next day and she's like, wow, like I can hear how grounded you are, how changed you are. And I'm so grateful, you know, that I can even though my initial motivations are just to protect me and to protect my recovery, um, God eventually changes my heart when I actually take the actions and I get to experience that joy. And for anybody else, you know, for any someone who's not a compulsive overeater, you know, going on a weekend retreat three weeks before your wedding is probably not the best thing to do. It'll probably make you very stressed out. But for a compulsive overeater whose mind is always going with alcoholic thoughts, spending a weekend away with um, my fellows and being helpful was the best thing that I could do, not just for my recovery, but for my marriage and the wedding as well. So I'm so grateful that I get to experience this joy of giving of myself. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Crystal R. from Toronto, Canada. And so, Anne, in Georgia, you are up next, and then we should have time for at least two more shares. Good morning. I'm Diane, a recovered. Oh, Diane. Diane, oh. from Metro Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Thank you, guys, for your service, and I am so grateful for this opportunity to share uh, about four years ago, well, before years in January, I received the gift of desperation. I've been in the room since 1980. So that means I, I've been slipping and sliding a whole lot and wondering um, why this program was not working for me. I had some periods of abstinence. I had some periods of uh, help trying to help others, of working with others, but no recovery. And so the line that really, really resonated with me today, and I, I'm a relapse survivor, 
That's why the recovery is just from four years ago. These men had found something brand new in life. It's as if this recovery is something brand new. It's so different from what I had from the from just being abstinent and um, for periods of time. This was different, and for that I'm grateful because it's a miracle. I hear keep keep hearing people throwing around hearing the word miracle and spiritual awakening. All of these things, you know, I'm sure they've been in the book all along. They've been in this big book all these years, <laughs> but it's as if it didn't. I didn't. It did. I couldn't hear it, or I didn't get it. Prior to the four years ago, I had a. I don't know about three. Of, I've, I've been through the. Uh, I was going through the steps um, with someone, uh, and I think I had about four different, three different people who dropped me, and they dropped me because I. They kept saying, you got to work with other people. you got to work with other people. And these were people that I had gone through the steps with. And I'm thinking, I've done the steps, and, and why I have to do everything this? Why I got to do this? I mean, I was so combative for the longest. And so finally the people got tired, and they just, you know, look, we can't work with you anymore. It's like, and, and now, and even when people do that to me now, my sponsor told me, if someone is not following the, you know, if you if they can't follow, you know, the directions or then that means they're sponsoring themselves. They can't follow the directions in the book. That means you're not sponsoring them anyway. They're sponsoring themselves. But anyway, I just wanted to say that once I stop being combative, once I start following the directions and just let and just and just did what I was told to do, then I was able to receive this gift. And today I try, I live in steps 10, 11, and 12 to the best of my ability, which means I go through steps. Before, you know, I was just doing the steps and that was it. And, 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 you know, people would say, well, which step are you on? That used to be a big thing we used to say. If you don't know which step you're on, then you're not working the steps. So anyway, today I have to work all the steps. I'm on steps one through, I'm on all 12 steps every day. And that's where the recovery comes. And what I like to say a lot also is if I'm in a meeting, I'm not eating. I thought I came up with that. I thought that sounds so cute. I didn't come up with it. There, I, I don't think there's anything new because when I read this book, I see something every, you know, quite often that I hear people say all the time. And I was like, oh, okay, that's where they got that from. So I know I got it from somebody. Stay in the room. I have to help others. And that's, I'm grateful today for the recovery and for the gift of, of knowing that. Thank you for your service. I pass. Thank you, Diane and in Georgia. So we have time for two, two-and-a-half-minute shares. Who would like those? Star one. Lisa M. Can you speak? Jim Oh, I think we got Lisa and Penny. So Lisa, go right ahead, two-and-a-half minutes or so. Two minutes, if you would. Yes. Hi, this is Lisa M. from Virginia. And I want to hone in on the significance of the three months that he was there. And when I looked up the spiritual significance of the number three, it means divine wholeness, completeness, and perfection. And um, when he left there, he was whole. He was complete. And by perfect in scripture or in reference, I think it means mature. So not necessarily perfect, but at a mature state. He returned home in that state, leaving behind um, everything that wasn't um, for him at the time. So 
and I, I'm one that just I just kind of crossed over the three month um, three month abstinence, and it's gone to a different level for me. Um, I feel a different. It, there was all there was neutrality there, but it's a different level of neutrality, and I feel more equipped, more complete, more mature to be able to help others. And I know it's just, just going to continue to grow. And I still feel like three is just three months is still so, such a short period of time. But what has happened for me in my life in this short period of time with entire abstinence is really miraculous. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Lisa M. from Virginia. And Penny C., you are up in another two minutes, two, two, two and a half. Okay, thank you so much, Barbara P. This is Penny C. recovered in um, Boston from the Boston area. Uh, what what caught my attention in these par- this paragraph is the fact that they're talking about how you know these early alcoholics knew they must help others in order to stay sober themselves. But then it says this was transcended by the happiness they found in giving themselves for others. That reminded me of way back in um, working with others where it says life will take on a new meaning to see people recover, to uh, watch loneliness vanish. Um, We know you will not want to miss it. And um, I've experienced lately uh, a new big book sponsee who's been in two 12-step programs for many, many years and has never been introduced to the big book in the way that we do it here. And working with her, oh, my gosh, I, I, I've been going through a kind of a difficult time in my life and in my relationship with uh, my daughters. And she has just been, and working with her has been definitely, like it says, this is the bright spot of our lives. It is. I look forward to it. She's enthusiastic. She, um, you know, she just keeps telling me how how she's been looking for this. She didn't even know she was looking for this. So that's the point that not only do we ensure our our um, ourselves against uh, or take out some kind of insurance, Doctor Bob says, but it, it it's a joy. It's such a happiness and. Um, you don't want to miss it. That's what it says, and I'm here to say say that is so true. And so I thank God for this program and for all of you who help me every morning to stay to stay in recovery. And I'll pass. Well, thanks so much for closing us out, Penny C from Massachusetts. So thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Our share ID for today, Wednesday, October 18th, 2023, is 20756. So we'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And so we'll, let's see, Chris G, no, Judith SP, sorry, with Judith SP read our closing today. And this is from, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, Judith SP, uh, please read. Uh, yeah. And this is from, um, let me, yeah. Judith, let me just tell people where we're at. Please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. And so keep you until then. 
Thank you. Thank you, everyone, Barbara, and thank you, God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.